This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 14, entitled, I Hate Summer. This, of course, is Shiloh, your host, and I'm back. I'm happy to be back, and I hope that you are happy to have me back. Welcome back to all my returning listeners, and to those of you just joining us for the first time, thanks for tuning in. So, what have I been up to? As you may know, I took a little, well, it was like a two-week break, even though I only skipped one episode, and... I've been up to quite a bit. I got a lot of stuff accomplished. I've been doing and being and seeing and thinking and plotting and planning and scheming and doing quite a bit. One of the things that I managed to get accomplished over my little break that I have been trying to do for about 14 weeks is I finally, finally got the show logo to show up on my iTunes page, which makes me very happy. It was a simple, simple, simple issue. And I contacted my provider and asked for their help. And they're like, oh, no, it totally should be working. We have no idea what's wrong. It's got to be iTunes. It's got to be iTunes. No, it wasn't iTunes. It was totally operator error. It was clearly my fault. The problem was in the file name for my logo. But I'm a novice. I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm a beginner, even. Not a novice, a beginner. I don't know HTML. I can't read code. How was I to know that I had a character in my file name that HTML didn't like? That's why they have advanced service techs at the provider, and they have a 24-hour contact line, but they failed me. So, how did I fix it? I was, I actually went to the iTunes help page and did a little search for album images or podcast images, and what I came up with was... There's a website called Feed Validator, and I will link to that in the show notes. Basically, what I did was I just copy and pasted the URL for my feed into the Feed Validator, hit send, and it literally did a line-by-line analysis of my show feed. And it identified two little errors. I was missing commas between some of my keywords, and Microsoft allows you to put spaces in a file name for readability. However... Sometimes they translate into actual spaces, and if they end up in a URL, it's a broken URL, and it's incomplete, and that's why my stupid logo wasn't showing up. Simple thing, Feed Validator took literally like five minutes to fix once I punched my URL into Feed Validator. It was awesome. Thank you, iTunes, and to GoDaddy for failing me. Wow, that was a long story just to get to the fact that I had to do it myself, and I had to find a way to do it myself because my provider is irritating me and making me cranky. But anyway, that was just one of the things I managed to get accomplished. I also did some planning for future shows. I'm not going to talk about that till maybe a little bit later. And I thought a lot about my show. One thing that I don't really like is that most of the time when I sit down to record, I feel completely unorganized. Like I don't have a focus. And I have a tendency to get off on a lot of tangents. Not that my tangents are bad, as you noticed by the uh, album image story. I'm still going to go off on tangents. 
but I'm going to approach every episode with a little bit more focus so that I can be happy. And my focus this week is I Hate Summer. Now, that focus will lead to a couple of little changes in my show format. All right, one. One show format change. And that change will be to the segment Spin a Tale. Spin a Tale won't always be a quirky little funny story or about my adventures. Sometimes Spin a Tale will be more of, I don't know, almost like an essay, but I'm not going to write it out because I don't really have time for that. But almost like an essay on a certain topic. There are definitely some things that I want to talk about that I've hinted at over the past 13 weeks, and I will get to those. And I have those planned, and we'll talk about that a little bit more toward the end of the show. But for right now, we're going to get back to the status quo. So, updates. Tour de Fleece is really the only thing that's going on around here. And all I have to say about that in this segment is that we have one week left. By the time you hear this on Saturday, there will be one full week left of Tour de Fleece. So hopefully you all are making great progress on your goals. I am, and I will talk to you a little bit more about that later. So I guess it's time to get this started. This week in Spin a Tale, I'm going to tell you all about why I hate summer. Now, I haven't always hated summer. I think up until about age 22 or so, I loved summer. It was like this huge break in the middle of all of, you know, those responsibilities that we had as students. We could just take that time off, enjoy, maybe have a little part-time job to hook us up with some fun cash. But other than that, summer was free and easy. Yeah, those days are long gone. Now, I've noticed that with age, I actually realize how hot summer is. We've kind of been hovering right around uh, between 95 and 100 degrees here. And I hate it because it's humid. I hate summer right now, and it's killing me. One of the main reasons, though, that I hate summer isn't necessarily the heat, even though it's, I think, trying to kill me. I'm swelling up like a balloon, even though I am consuming more water than um, a human should have to to try to combat that. But the main reason is that it's been so busy. When I was a kid, summer was a break, and that's just not happening. I swear, I go to work every day, I come home from work, I change my clothes, I take the kids here or there or everywhere. It's been softball or swim team, and this stuff's lasting until like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. It's ridiculous. We barely have time to eat meals. We certainly don't sit down to eat meals together anymore, or we haven't in the past three or four weeks. Tonight is actually like the first break that I have had in about four weeks, and it's driving me nuts. My husband, we just finished softball and swim team both in the past week, and my dear husband took the kids to a drive-in movie. And because mom has to work in the morning, yeah, I'm not going to a drive-in on a Thursday night because I need my sleep. I probably will go to bed probably a good hour before they even get home. But that's why I hate summer. It's killing me. I don't have time for anything. There's been minimal crafting time. There's been minimal relaxing time. There certainly has been minimal quality family time. I know I'm hanging out with them, but I'm basically sitting on the sidelines where they're doing their thing, and it's not really hanging out together. So I really cannot wait for schools to start again and for things to actually slow down around here. I hate summer. It's hot and busy and I don't have any time to breathe. 
This week in spinning my wheels, really my wheels have been spinning, we're kind of going back to that focus thing that I talked about way in the beginning of this episode. I'm focusing on the fact that I hate summer because it's stealing my crafting time. Knitting. Knitting, we're same, same. I am just about ready to turn the heel on my hand spun socks and I really, really need to take pictures of those. I really think the only picture that I have on Ravelry is like the cast on and I took that at Maryland Sheep and Wool. So that's how long these socks have been going on. I cast on during the first night of that trip and I haven't taken a picture since. But I am ready to turn the heel on both socks, so that's cool. I'm excited about that. In other knitting progress, I've decided not to knit the May Rockin' Sock Club Club Socks. That's never happened to me before, but there's two patterns. They're beautiful. They're like lacy and Victorian, and they're very, very, very well matched with the colorway. But yeah, they're not for me. I'm not knitting them. It's not going to happen. Even to give them away, I contemplated like maybe knitting a pair of the socks for my daughters, but the kids are more of a box store sock yarn investment when it comes to socks because they grow out of them so fast. So that's not going to happen. They're not getting socks that rock. It's just not going to happen. So um, I just straight up decided I'm not going to do it. I'm totally skipping the May socks. And at this point, I don't even have a thought about what other potential pattern I would use that yarn for. So it's kind of going to get stuck, I think, in the pit of sock yarn that I have in the craft room. And who knows when I'll get to it. Everybody in the podcast world, well, not everybody, quite a few people have been knitting Citroen, but that's like a little shawly deal from what I understand. And yeah, I'm not doing that either. I, I'm not a shawl knitter. I'm not a lace knitter. I know that may break some of your hearts, but from my calculations, there are approximately six years between now and the time I would actually get to have a use for a shawl on a regular basis. So I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to knit a shawl. I'm not going to knit a shawlette. I, I just really don't see that happening. It's not the lace. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not knitting a shawlette. So that poor sock yarn is going to be stranded. And it's going to feel unloved, especially since the next sock club shipment should be arriving in the next couple of weeks if Blue Moon Fiber is uh, on time. <laughs> we have a shipment this month that should go out the last week of this month. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But I'm not going to knit it. And of course... On to other items. I'm still plugging away on poor cobblestone. Now, one of the other things that I managed to do during my little hiatus was plan future knitting. If I could evil laugh right now, I totally would, because that would be funny. Anyhow, it's Christmas in July. That is what I have planned for my future knitting. Starting today, I'm always going to have small projects, accessories, if you will, I'm going to always have a scarf, um, a neck warmer, a cowl, a hat, mittens, gloves, or something winter accessory-like on the needles. And I'm just going to continue to knit those from July until Christmas, toss them all in a box, and then I'm going to hand them out as Christmas gifts. By tossing them all in a box, that gives me first dibs, of course, because I'm a selfish knitter, and I will want to pick my favorites and keep those for myself. And if I just toss them all into a box and I get like, you know, four hats done and that's all the progress I make, nobody's going to be heartbroken. I'm sure I can find four people that will love those hats. I might have to like priority order my family to determine who gets what. But I think with 
some of the products that are out there, I should be able to get a lot accomplished. A couple months ago, I actually cast on Wham Bam Thank You Lamb, which is a bulky neck warmer. It's got like a button. It's really just a garter stitch strip that's like, I think, 18, 24 inches long, something like that. And you put a single button on it, and it's a great little... Oh, no, that's not even it. It doesn't even have a button. Sorry. It's a garter ridge strip, and you seam the ends together kind of cockeyed, and it makes this cute little collared neck warmer. It's adorable. Jackie from Kippin' It Real got one as a gift from a listener, and there, it's absolutely super cute. And it's super easy. I mean, how long is that going to take me to finish? I haven't had the motivation to work on it, but now that it's Christmas in July, I'm totally going to have the motivation to work on it. So that's where my knitting is going. In sewing news, yeah, I got nothing there. I haven't finished a single thing. I did notice the other day, though, that I'm actually, I've been using the stuff that I've made. I've been using my bags, which makes me super happy because the efforts aren't going to waste. I have a little envelope bag that I carry that has my hand-spun socks in it, and it's perfect. It's got a little single button on it. The top just folds over. It doesn't have handles on it or anything, but I can stick it in my purse, stick it in a larger knitting bag or whatever I want, and my socks don't get messed up, and it's not like a Ziploc bag, which is what I used to use. So it's much cuter and much greener, and it makes me happy. I'm using it. it makes me so happy. So and there's a couple, two or three little items like that that I'm like, oh, look. I dropped my spindle and my fiber into one of my little drawstring bags the other day so I could carry that to knit night, and that made me happy. So that's cool. Things are getting used. So even if I'm not making progress, the stuff I've made is getting used, and that makes me super happy. All right. Now it's time to move on to my official Tour de Fleece update. I am totally kicking the spindle's ass. Pardon my language, but that spindle did not have a chance at all. All right, so my goal was, of course, to spin four ounces of fiber strictly on the spindle. And what I did was I divided it into single ounce sections, and I've been spinning it an ounce at a time, and then um, kind of turning it into cakes, I guess. But so far my progress is this. I have the third ounce on my spindle, the second ounce is on my Swift, and the first ounce is actually caked up sitting next to my Swift waiting for its little buddies to join it. So tonight, hopefully, after I'm finished recording, I should be able to finish the third ounce, and then I will cake up the second ounce, and then I will put the third ounce onto the Swift and just let it sit there until I get the fourth ounce done. So that's the plan. I should really have no problems finishing that in the next week. Now, I really plan on plying, making a two-ply out of that, and I don't know if I'll get that done in time. If I do, that's like totally icing on the cake. It's like the butter, because I didn't plan on that in my goal. But I've actually been able to spin this a lot thinner than I thought I would, and I really don't think I have a use for it at that current weight. So I would definitely have to ply it to do anything with it, I think, in my opinion. So that's where I stand on Tour de Fleece, and I totally, totally hope that everybody is making some super great progress and having a lot of fun with it. I know I am. And, well, Tour de Fleece has really been distracting me quite a bit from the other crafts, but that's all right, because we're in this together. We're all doing it. Hand cyclists are out in force, and we're getting things done. And I hope that you all are going over to the Tour de Fleece site and to the Team Sasquatch site and thread on Ravelry and posting your pictures and updates. I know I'm totally, it's been probably a week since I posted anything. I really, really need to do that. I know, right? What kind of team leader am I? Horrible. Horrible. 
All right, well, I'll get over there and do that, and I hope to see more stuff from you guys in the next week. And that's all I've got in spinning my wheels. All right, now it's time to put my spin on Respect the Spindle by Abby Frankemont. So, as you know or may know, I have been reading this book in preparation for Tour de Fleece. Now, pardon the noise, but I'm going to flip through it to remind myself about all the things I wanted to talk about. My overall impression of this book... I think it's fantastic. I think it is a wonderful resource to start spinning on a spindle, to improve your spindle spinning, and to pretty much walk you from the very beginning to the very end. First, in, okay, I'm not a read from the beginning of the book kind of gal. I'm more of a skip to the parts that I find most important and just pull the techniques out. You know, skip paragraph to paragraph to look and skim to find what I want. But not in this case. I went ahead, since I was going to do a proper review, and I read it from the beginning. And one of the things that I found really important for me, as a beginning spindler, if you will, was all of the talk that she didn't spend too much time. But Abby went through and told you about her spinning experiences, and how she learned and when she learned growing up as a spindler. It's fantastic. In my opinion, that's important because it gave me a clear view of where this expert was coming from. She has been spinning since she was my daughter's age. That gives her a lot of props in my book. And I'm like, okay, so she knows what she's talking about, and I'm going to listen to her. So I really, really appreciated that part of the book from where I sit. Now, she really does walk you through everything. After her introduction, and she talks about her beginnings and why to spin and the potential and what you can do with it, she really goes right in to the beginning. How do you choose a spindle? She has a whole chapter on it. Now, I didn't use that chapter to choose a spindle because I own two. What I did was I used that chapter and the information found therein to evaluate my spindles and determine which one was going to be the best one for this project and figure out if I need to buy a new one. And what I ended up doing, I chose my lightest spindle based on what I wanted to accomplish in this project. And I really didn't want, I have a, a heavy one and a light one. It's not even super light. It's like 1.8 ounces. The other one is substantially heavier than that. But I didn't want to spin a really heavy yarn because I didn't want it to just fly by and finish all the spinning in the first week. So I chose the lighter spindle. So I'd be working on a lighter weight yarn and it would last longer, like, I don't know, maybe the entire time a tour de fleece. And that's been working out very nicely. All right. She also, the next chapter, she goes into the science of spinning. Now for me, okay, yeah, that's cool. But that, for me, did not help me one bit in improving or understanding how to spin better. Some people I know that does. It's like driving a car. For some people, if you understand, like if you read about how the car works, you get in it and you can drive it. Yeah, not me. I have to physically do the task in order to get it. So that section on the science, it was cool and it was interesting and it was very well researched and very technical and very cool. So if you're that kind of person who likes technical stuff, I think you'd enjoy it, but it didn't help me at all. And she even spends a little bit of time talking about spinning on a wheel, which is really nice that she didn't just focus totally on the spindle. And in that section, she talks about the ergonomics of holding the fiber when you're drafting. And, but she wraps that chapter up by bringing it back on, of course, to the spindle. Now, in the chapters that follow, there's spinning on a spindle, improving your spinning, plying, and on and on. The pros for this. 
really, really, really well illustrated. She has paragraphs that tell you what to do in general terms, and then she's got illustrated step-by-step -step instructions on how to do what she's been talking about. And there are little things in there. I mean, I read through the whole thing, but there are little things that without this book I would have never known because I didn't take a class. I'm just not like a classy, per a class type. Of, I'm not a classy person. <laughs> I'm not the kind of person who's going to go take a class until I know what I'm doing and know if I want to invest money in it. Then maybe I'll take a more advanced class. I don't really take beginner classes. But anyway, my spindles, both of them, don't have notches on the whirl. Therefore, I have to add a stop. Yeah, I was having a ton of problems spinning without a stop or a notch, and I didn't know that that was the problem. So I spun my own leader following the instructions in the book, and I created a stop, and I was able to spin right off the bat once I followed those instructions. It was pretty awesome. And she does spend a great deal of time talking about common problems, which is really useful. What happens when your leader's too short? What happens when it's too long? Not enough twist, too much twist, etc. How to fix common problems. It's pretty cool. And it's well illustrated. The photographs are super clear. Most of the, well, when it's technique, really, the photos are focused on her hands and exactly what she's doing. And there's enough photos to fill in the gaps. And they all correspond with the step-by-step -step instructions. That's really cool. And after that, it's not just a book. This book is complete. That's another pro. It is complete. It doesn't just show you how to spin. It gives you all the background. It shows you how to spin. And then in the ending chapters, it tells you how to move on once you've learned how to spin. How do you go to the next step? It teaches the plying. It goes through, there's a whole section on selecting the right spindle for the job, spinning finer, heavier weight, more twist, less twist. It's a really complete book. Overall, Respect the Spindle by Abby Frankamont is a complete win, and I am so glad that this is in my library. I highly recommend it. The one thing I'd recommend if you are truly, truly, truly a beginning spinner and you're using this book, or probably any book, in today's day, all you have to do is sit down at your computer, look up YouTube, and type in what you're trying to figure out if you need that little bit of video support, or ask a friend. If I wasn't a wheel spinner, and hadn't ever tried the spindle before, I don't know if I would have been as successful. But this book is really good. And with a little bit of added support, like a YouTube video. Yeah, Respect the Spindle, Abby Frankamont has totally won my heart over. It's a fantastic book, and I highly recommend it. This week, I am all spun up about Bangin' Body Boot Camp. I know that's a silly name, but... Way back in the beginning of the podcast, I explained that All Spun Up is a section where I talk about things that really get me spun up. It could be positive or negative. And in the case of boot camp, I both love it and hate it all at the same time. <laughs> anyway, so myself, my sister-in-law, my future sister-in-law, and a girl that I work with all decided that we are going to spend eight weeks in this fitness boot camp. And we're getting up every weekday at 4.30 in the morning to make it to boot camp by 5.15. Yay! Fun! No, not so much. Anyway, Shantae, the instructor, is the cutest little thing you've ever seen. However, this cute little face is the face of pain. She's killing us, but in a good way. And not softly either. Not at all. Uh, I hate getting up that early and having to be, like, rush out of the house to get to a workout of all things. However, I'm trying to convince my body to eat my ass and I think the only way that I'm going to do that is to really give it a nice little kickstart 
and work out really hard for like eight weeks and then maybe slow the pace down but continue the working out once I've seen the results of the boot camp. I've lost like three pounds, which isn't a whole lot. And unfortunately, here we go back to that focus again, hating summer, like I'll lose three pounds and then I'll have a really hot day where I spend more time outside and I swell up like a balloon. So there's that three to four pounds back again. It's been awful. Anyway, I'm all spun up about boot camp. I'm doing a little bit to try to improve and uh, maybe establish a little healthier lifestyle. And I'm hating it because it's a lot of hard work and we have to get up really early. And if I'm late or have to leave early or whatever for work, all the girls harass me. So that's what I'm all spun up about. We have done it again. It looks like it's time to spin off. It's time to close this podcast out. We're going to talk about a couple little things and then I'll let you go. First, I want you to know I'm really glad to be back. I enjoyed my little break, but I pretty much went like two weeks where there was no knitterly or fibery things. They were few and far between and it made me sad. I even missed knit night two weeks in a row. But sacrifices must be made. Had to watch the 12-year-old in softball. They actually won a whole game this season. And it was awesome. And I didn't miss it. I was there for it. So that was cool. But that was one of those like late night 1030. I hate summer nights because the game, like they scored 21 to 20. Ugh, it was long. Anyhow, I'm happy to be back. I missed you guys. And I missed all the fiery goodness that was going on in my life. And I'm happy to be getting some of that back. In the episodes to come, I spent that time thinking and scamming and plotting. I have some plans. I am going to spend a little time talking about a few things that I know most podcasters have already talked about, but I'm going to put my take on it. We're going to talk about cotton yarn in an episode in the near future. We're also going to talk about product versus process knitter, of which I am neither, and we'll talk about that. And I've got some other plans. I've got a big reveal planned for September. And there's some really good stuff in the near future. And I'm glad I took that time off so I could focus on that. And really, I hope to improve the podcast overall. As you can tell, this week's podcast is not one of those wimpy little 20-minute episodes that I was like sliding in there toward the end before my break. This is going to be a nice, hearty, full-bodied, like 30-minute episode. And that rocks. So, everybody, thanks again for listening. Thanks for coming back to my returning listeners. Thanks for joining us and giving us a try for everybody that's new. Thank you to everybody who's gone over to iTunes and added a star rating or a review. I really, really appreciate it. Totally makes me happy. Thanks again for listening. This week's song is The Year Without Summer by Coltrane Motion. And as always, you can check out the show notes at spincontrolpodcast.com email me at a joyful girl knits at gmail.com catch me on Ravelry as a joyful girl follow me on Twitter as a joyful girl made thanks again see you next time it's you.